welcome to another sermon podcast. We want to continue with some of the thinking that we've been looking at. So if you can turn in your Bible to 1 John chapter 5, and we were discussing, um, you know, who really had the advantage the last time we we chatted, we chatted about David and Goliath, and we understand that it was actually David who had the advantage, even though the world viewed Goliath as the one with the advantage. Now, in 1 John chapter 5, as you're turning there, um, just as the president has announced our lockdown level having shifted, now we can have many opinions on it, and everyone's going to have different opinions, and you're going to find, you're not going to find everyone agreeing on on the same thing. So as we once again find ourselves in another moment where we don't fully understand what is going on. So as we are now getting ready to move down in, in lockdown and go out and all of the concerns, you know, with what's happening, at the end of the day, it's not about knowing what is right and what is wrong in terms of having an opinion about this whole thing, but what does the Word of God say? And that's the most stable thing that we can look at right now is that the Word of God was before the foundation of the world. The Word of God was before this virus has come into this world and the Word of God will be here after this virus has left this world. So what does the Word of God tell us? This is the things that we need to be looking at. Now in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, it says, Because everyone who has been born of God conquers the world. So if you've been born of God, you conquer the world. Now, the first question is, how are you born of God? Well, everyone who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son has been born of God, has been born again, right? So if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you have conquered the world. And it goes on to say, this is the victory that has conquered the world. What is the victory that has conquered the world? Our faith. Okay, so our faith in what? Our faith in what Jesus Christ has done for us. That faith in what Jesus Christ has done, the works that he has done. What works did he do? He defeated the devil. He defeated hell. He defeated the grave and he defeated sin. And in defeating sin, he defeated the nature of sin and he gave us a new nature, which is the righteousness of God. Now, as we look at this, we want to turn to Ephesians and chapter 1, we want to look at this because God has given us this victory and God has given us this uh, over, world overcoming faith um, and he's given us this faith and he's given us this authority to use our faith, right? So we've been given authority to use our faith. Now, the moment we put that word our in there, sometimes it gets rather confusing because we start to take possession of faith and we start to look at ourselves and we start to look at how good we are before we can use our faith. Now, what we need to understand is that the faith that we've received, according to Romans, is the faith of the Son of God. Now, this is um, faith that is that cannot fail because it's the faith of Jesus Christ. And that's the kind of faith God says he's dealt to each one in Romans chapter 12, the measure of faith, right? And it's not talking about one of many measures. He's talking about the measure. It's a singular measure. So he's given to each one of us the measure of faith. When the Bible teaches us about faith, it teaches us that you can have faith as small as a mustard seed. And you can say to this mountain, according to Mark 4, according to 
in, in, in Matthew and in all of the Gospels, it tells us, even if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be removed from here to there, and it shall be moved if you believe, right? So this is very important to understand that when we talk about faith, sometimes we think we need huge faith to move big things. But what you need is, you, you don't need huge faith, you need faith that is sown. In other words, you need faith that you continually speak the word, you believe the word, you see action. You speak the word, you see the word, and you experience the result of what you've been saying. So just gently, continually speaking the word of God over situations, and that's how you continually move yourself forward. Now, when we look at, look at the Bible, we look at Ephesians chapter 1, and in verse 15, it says, This is why, since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints, I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, faith can't work if you don't have wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. We need the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who he is. You can't, you, your faith can't work if you don't know who he is. If you, when we, these new cars that we are, we are buying or these new cars that are being built right now, there's so much power to them in terms of the computer boxes and these um, internal uh, driving systems and all of that. There's so much power to what those things can do for the vehicle. But if you don't take time to read the manufacturer's handbook about how to operate those systems, you won't have enough knowledge and you won't have enough revelation. So, you know, we know these cars, you can tune its power, you can turn its power down, you can turn it from, from just e economy mode to sport mode. And that sport mode gives that vehicle so much more power than it, it has in, in economy mode. But how do you switch it over to sport mode? Well, to switch it over to sport mode, if you don't know which is the right buttons to push, you have to go to the manual and the manual enlightens you to what the car can do. So when it comes to faith, it's the same thing. You have faith, but you don't know how to use your faith until you have what the Bible is saying to us here, wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. How do you express your faith? How do you express your faith without knowledge of what faith can do? Faith can have no expression without wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. You have to understand who Jesus Christ is. You have to understand the life of Jesus Christ. You have to understand why he did, how he did. And when you understand those things, then it adds expression to your faith and you can access things that you couldn't access before, not only because of faith, but because of your knowledge. Amen. Because of your knowledge and because of wisdom and revelation of your knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. And I hope that makes sense to you. Amen. That you need to you need to use your faith, but you can't just use faith for calling things if you don't understand who Jesus Christ is. And when you understand how he operated, then you can understand how you operate. If it is his faith that you have received, then you need to understand how he used his faith to know how you can use the faith that you received from him.
And it goes on to say, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, which is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? So there's a great power that's given to us who believe. When you believe, power is given to you. When you believe what? When you believe in what Jesus Christ has done and what has he done? All of the good things that he did, right? He took on sickness he took on death he took on you know the bible tells us he took on all of those garments and of 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 sin and sickness and death and disease and he gave us uh he changed that and he was a, the sacrifice and he was the substitute and he gave us the garments of righteousness and the garments of praise and the garments of health and wholeness right so we have power there's being power that's been given toward us who do what who believe when you believe there is power that is you have access to, amen. So when we are walking in this time and we are walking through these situations, we have power that's been given toward us, right? And now this power, it's not only to just defeat corona, okay? This power is also to defeat anxiety and worry and concern and, and feeling overwhelmed. And it's so important. Before you can use your power to external things, you need to use your power toward internal things. You need to understand that before Jesus Christ could clean you on the outside, he had to clean you on the inside, right? Before he could save you on the outside, he had to save you on the inside. So when he saved you, he took, he, he took the sin nature that was inside of you. He took the death that was inside of you and he converted that and changed that to life. He put the life of God on the inside of you when you said yes to him. So when it comes to all of the things that we are facing, you know, we can become so... Um we can become so uh, materialistic orientated and look toward material things in, in trying to believe that we are prospering. And when it comes to the same thing, when it comes to faith and walking as a, as a child of God, we can become so fixated on external power. But before you can have external power, you need to have an internal understanding of what this power means. Amen. So it says here, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the mighty working of his strength? Amen. So this power that's been given to us is the thing that we use to change the things on the outside. Amen. But first, before we can change, um, you know, big things on the outside, before we can change all of the outside world and use our faith to changing the mountains and say to this mountain be removed from here today before we can use our faith to do those things on the outside we need to use our faith very practically and not to say that those things are impractical impractical but we need to use our faith to change the things on the inside and what are those things on the inside worry concern the, the, the lust for other things the deceitfulness of riches the pride of life we need to use our faith for those things the bottom line is Christians become ineffective because they look toward too many external things before they use their faith to change internal things. If you can't use your faith to change your character, you don't understand faith. If you can't use your faith to change who you are, you don't understand faith. If you can't use faith to change your mind, you don't understand faith. If you don't know how to use faith to change your emotions, you don't know how to use faith. You see, and so what happens is for far too long in, in my personal experiences, I, I see that people are trying to change external things without being in control of who they are. They're trying to change external things without being in control of what you feel, trying to change external things without being in control of what you think. And you can't change the outside world until you change the inside world. 
Amen. And I hope that comes through loud and clear is that you have to use your faith because sometimes it seems insignificant that I need to use my faith to change myself because many times we don't believe that we have to change. The world around you will never change until the things on the inside of you change. We have to understand that we attract toward us what we believe. And if we are frustrated, we will attract frustration. If we are anxious, we will attract more anxiety. If we are worried and concerned, we will attract more worry and concern. If we are walking in turmoil and if we don't, if we're not walking in a place of peace, we're going to attract more of those things. Now, not to say that when you are in a place, so let me clarify even further, when you are in a place of peace and you're in a place of not being anxious and worried and concerned for many things, it does not mean that you will not encounter worry in the world. But the Bible says to us, as we've spoken about this in, in previous weeks, in John chapter 15 and 16 and 17, it says, Be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. So we understand that we can be in peace, but it, it, it doesn't mean, and, and it's not a waste of time to work at being in peace on the inside of you. So, somebody may say, well, what's the point of being at peace on the inside if I'm going to encounter it in the world? Well, here's the point. The point of being at peace on the inside of you is that when you encounter it in the world, the change that's on the inside of you can be the change around you. And when you in peace and when you in control of your, yourself, then you can cause change to happen on the outside world. Now imagine meeting imagine meeting situations that lack peace on the outside and you lacking peace on the inside. And that just becomes a recipe for, for so much more heartache and it becomes a recipe for so much more just where you feel so overwhelmed and overcome and you feel so disillusioned and you don't know where to start and you and you just don't know what to do, right? And then you just find yourself living your life and just living each day and just carrying through each day and you're not sure what you're living for and you're not sure about where God is in this world and all of those things. So it's become so important that you need to have peace as an umpire to your soul. And that's what Philippians says. You need to have peace as an umpire to your soul. Peace must guard you. Peace must rule you. And this is why God has given us relationships. And this is why God has put people around us. When you can't get on with the people around you, it's because your peace is low. And when your peace is low, it's an indication to you that your faith is low. And we've we've been through this in previous weeks. And so it's so important to get your faith up. And it's so important to get your peace up, right? And so it's so important to 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 have these things around us and these these situations and these scenarios to remind us of we in peace or we not in peace and do everything you can. You got to do everything you can to move your life toward peace. Everything you can, whatever it is, if anything causes you a lack of peace, you got to move yourself into a position that brings you peace. If, if, if you have something in your house that causes you a lack of peace, you got to move it you got to change it. If you have something in your life that causes you a lack of peace, you got to move it and change it. If you have finances that are, you know, overextended in debt or whatever it is, and it's causing you a lack of peace, you got to change it because until you change it, you won't have the peace that you need. And that's as simple as it gets. You won't have the peace until you make the changes you need to make. Amen. In verse 20, it says, he exercised this power in Christ by raising him from the dead and seating him at his right hand in the heavens, far above every ruler and authority, power and dominion, and every title given. Now, these are the ranks of, of the devil's kingdom. This is the ranks of the devil or devil and his, his demonic forces. So the Bible says that he's raised Jesus Christ far above all of these demonic powers and the devil himself. And we have to understand that we've been raised in Christ ourselves. 
right? We've been raised in Jesus Christ. He's raised us up by our faith in him. He's also raised us up from the dead and seated us with him in those high places. Amen. So not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he subjected everything under his feet and appointed him as head over everything for the church. Jesus Christ has all power over all all the things amen over every power over every dominion over every title given he has power over every single thing and this power he he used this power to overcome the world and overcome every single thing of the devil and overcome sin and death and he has now given us this power for us to use amen for our benefit and it goes on to say which is his body and the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way Amen. And it goes on in Ephesians chapter 2 and it says, And you who were dead in your trespass and sins, in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world. Now this is talking about before you came to know Jesus. And it's talking about before you came to know Jesus, you, 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 didn't, you didn't receive this power. And before you came to know Jesus, you didn't have access to this kind of faith. You had a level of faith, but you didn't have access to this kind of faith, the world overcoming faith. You had faith enough to believe when you heard that Jesus is Lord, but you didn't have faith to believe in world overcoming faith because you had not yet received that world overcoming faith. And when did you receive that world overcoming faith? When you believed and you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Amen. And it goes on to say, in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air and the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. Now, you need to understand that before faith and before Jesus Christ, before Jesus Christ and before faith, we were ruled by the flesh. Why were we ruled by the flesh? Because we had no power over the flesh. We had no dominion over the flesh. We had not received the nature of God within ourselves. And when we believed in Jesus Christ, and when our nature was changed from a fleshly nature, from a carnal nature, from a sinful nature, and when that nature was changed to the nature of God, which is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, then we received that power and dominion over not only the devils and the demons, but we receive that power and that dominion over the flesh. Amen. And so we have power over negative thoughts. We have power over negative feelings. We have power over negative emotions. And we have power over these things because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, one may say, but we just want it to be automatic. Nothing is automatic. I wish it were automatic. I wish we could just say, because I'm saved, I will never feel a bad feeling in my life. I wish we could just say, because I'm saved, even when it comes to the fleshly desires of the world, I wish I could just say, because I'm now saved and the nature of God is on the inside of me and it's the nature of righteousness and not the nature of the flesh, I wish I could just say that I don't have evil thoughts or I don't have sinful desires or I don't have negative emotions, but that is not how it works. I still experience those things. Now, the question one may have, and we don't have enough time, is why do I still experience those things when I've received the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Very simple, because I still have a mind that needs to be renewed to the place of what my spirit has received. And that takes time, folks. It takes time to renew your mind. Amen. It takes time to renew your mind. So, 
It is not failure when you feel sinful desires. It is not failure when you feel negative emotion. This is not failure. It is not you are a weak Christian. That's why you are feeling that. It's not a, because you are a weak Christian. That's why those things is going on. No, that's not about weakness. That is just the way it happens. But what do you need to do? You need to use your power and you need to use dominion in order to overcome. So in other words, the car has the ability to move itself from economy to sport mode and move it into a more powerful place. But you can't do that without flipping the switch, right? And so when we go through life and we feel ourselves in fleshly places and we feel ourselves in negative places in our mind and emotions and, and all of those things, what we've got to do is we've got to flip the switch. And what is that switch called? It's called faith. And when we flip the f switch of faith, what happens? The power and the dominion that we received goes to work on our behalf. So we've got to do it all of the time. Amen. We've got to do it all of the time. And it goes on to say, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ. You see that? Made us alive with Christ that even though we were dead in trespasses, you are saved by grace. You are saved by grace. And here it is. I want to summarize. This whole thing about faith, it works because of grace. The whole thing about faith is not about your ego and my ego. The whole thing about faith is not about me possessing faith and making it my position and look at my faith and look at how awesome I am and look at what my faith does for me. No, it's not about that. We are all saved by grace. Had it not been by grace, then no matter how much you believe, nothing was going to happen. The fact that we believe and things happen is because of God's grace, you see, because he's working the whole system toward our benefit. And in verse six, he also raised us up with him. Hallelujah. He also raised us up with him. Folks, we've been raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We've been raised up with him so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift not from works so that no one can boast. If there's any boasting, it's not faith. If anyone can promote himself, it is not faith. If anyone can say, look at me and how awesome I am because of what my faith has done, then it is not by grace. You see, so we can't take the benefit and we can't take the credit. And this is what many people are trying to do with their faith. They're trying to make themselves look good. And every time you do it, every time you try to use your faith and the power and the authority, just make yourself look good above everybody else. And that is not how God works. Amen. He works by grace. It is by grace. It's not because of your ability. It's because of his ability. And verse 9 says, not from works so that no one can boast. Amen. God will never allow your faith. God will never ever hear me God will never allow you to have faith in a place and to be able to exercise your faith in a place where you can boast it will never be so you need to understand something that when you grow and you become bigger and you become better and you can and you can overcome things you need to understand that life is always going to be in a place where you and yourself don't have enough to overcome life you are always going to have to need faith in God and Jesus and the word to overcome the challenges in life. The challenges in life are always going to be greater than what you have to offer. But be of good cheer because he has equipped you to overcome the challenges of this life. 
And every time you feel inadequate and every time you feel insufficient and every time you feel like you don't have anything to give and to offer, just like how David had and, he, and Saul and everybody recognized his lack and they tried to satisfy the lack from the outside, you need to understand that whenever you feel insufficient and inadequate, you are the perfect candidate for grace to work. Grace works on your behalf when you don't have enough going for you. Amen. And in this time that we're living in right now, in all the things that we are facing, we don't have enough right now. And let me close here. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Amen. God bless you. You have, you have access to the word of God. And inside of you right now, you may not have everything to overcome, but you have all of the word of God working toward you working for you, working together for your benefit in the name of Jesus, overcome. God bless you.